Hey coconuts, uh, yes, yeah, coming to an end and as you all know, I'm traveling, right? So I'm in Georgia and I will be spending time in this part of the world. I plan to travel around Europe and Central Asia a little bit before I come back or if I ever come back. <laughs> So a lot of you have been asking me, hey, you know, uh, I want to do similar things. Like I want to do slow travel. I want to try remote working. I want to be around the region. Where would you recommend? Right? So I am officially going to take out some of these places that I would strongly recommend fellow Singaporeans, especially all you millennials, to try and explore living and doing all that slow travel, remote working kind of thing. Right? So uh, this show is not becoming a travel show, <laughs> but I'm going to share with you three places that I think uh, works and also share with you some tips and tricks and also a shift in mindset because when you are traveling on a slow travel in months, right? So one month, two months, three months, it is very different from doing like a quick turnaround, a three-day, two weeks kind of thing, right? So I'm going to share with you all that mindset shift and also three places that I believe are good places to explore. So welcome back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fit our unique life. You get it, ultimately empowering us greater life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, and today I'm going to share with you three places that I feel you can explore for slow travel and hashtag remote working. But actually, what I'm really trying to do is to share with you some insights, and I hope they help you in picking your next location. Okay, so today we're going to do something more chill, right? We're going to be a little bit more relaxed uh, and I'm going to like wind down because the year is coming to an end. I really don't want to be studying too much. So give me a break. But at the same time, I know a lot of you want a break. I've received multiple DMs um, on Telegram or Instagram asking me, hey, you know, um, if I want to do what you do, which is kind of like remote work or slow travel, uh, which is kind of similar, I will share with you a little bit more in detail. Where would I recommend? So for context sake, I need you to know that I have been doing this for a while, right? Before COVID, I've already been traveling around and kind of like just working on the go. And I lived in KL before, I lived in China before. I spent time in like a lot of time in Vietnam, in Thailand, um, at least months, right? At, at once. So I think I have a little bit of experience. Of course, uh, all the other places in Asia, like Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, blah, 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 all the places that, that you can think of, I've pretty much, I've kind of tried them. But not everywhere I have lived for a prolonged period of time. Uh, so I will say that I'm providing you a little bit of texture because I do observe the difference. With the VTLs, vaccinated travel lanes going out, a lot of people are traveling, but still very short term, right? So a lot of people are traveling with like a week, two weeks. And when you're traveling with two weeks, honestly, your schedule will be pretty packed, right? You will try to achieve a lot of things because 
you know, you want to <laughs> amortize your airfare <laughs> across that, that two weeks, right? So I'm like, oh my God, I spent 1000 you know, on this flight or like 150 on this flight. I want to make sure I, I milk the most out of it. And I think a lot of people, when they travel like that two weeks travel, um, in their head, there's this one question, will I be back? I don't know. So I'm going to go all out. Right? So every meal is a restaurant. Every day it has to be super packed. There's some itinerary. And it is what a lot of people will call traveling, right? So tourism. But there is a whole different way of traveling that's becoming very popular, which is what people call slow travel. And that is to actually spend a much longer period of time in a particular place and in that sense, when you spend a little bit more time in a particular place, you're not in a rush to achieve a lot of things in two weeks. You can, you know, cook at home, you can slow down, you can really explore the nooks and the crannies of the city, of the town, of the country, of the state, depending on where you're trying to go. And a lot of remote workers, I think it is slow travel is a kind of like part of remote working, right? So... If you think about it, it is like you, a forever Tampines person, right? Like I stayed in Tampines for the longest time ever. And then when I shifted to Serangoon, I spent quite a good amount of time just kind of going around the different parts of Serangoon. Like, oh, okay, there's this, there's this. And I'm learning a lot about the place where I'm living in also. Right, but uh, my life didn't change a lot. I'm still doing similar things. I'm still working. I'm still going to the gym. I'm still swimming. I'm still hanging out with my friends. You know, but uh, the places that I go to is a bit different. The kind of routes that I take is a little bit different. And the whole novelty experience where I start to see different things and small little, little aspects of stuff, I think that's what a lot of people are going for when they're doing slow travel. It's not like, a, oh my God, two weeks, I need to have every single ramen store here. <laughs> No, so I think a lot of people when they do slow travel, that is pretty much the idea. They want to go and explore a place, soak up some novelty, change an environment, see what's going on, understand the local culture, meet people, and really just recreate some aspects of their OG life. But you know, um, adding that novelty and excitement of like, oh my god, I'm in a new place, right? So I think that's kind of what a lot of people are going for when they're doing slow travel. And that's the kind of people that I'm trying to talk to today, right? So it's not your, I'm going to change to another country kind of place. Guys, honestly, if you live in a place for a year, you cannot call that traveling anymore, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're really just living there. So you have shifted. Right? So I think for all the people that are entertaining remote work, slow travel, it's that one, two, three months kind of idea. And in this process, your experience will be very different from the people that are traveling. I lived in Bangkok for, I think, that was about two months or was it a month, a little bit more than a month or so. And I was living in this place called Talaplu. Right, I was essentially bunking it with my friend, right? And Talaplu is uh, in Bangkok and it is uh, the old Chinatown, right? So when the Chinese people first came, um, a lot of people gathered there. So when I was there, I could hear people speaking Cantonese, you know, and all the old people, and a lot of Chinese food was there. Very interesting. I, I never knew that it was like that. Okay, I never knew that it was like that. It was just, uh, I have a friend who got a job there and then I was like, hey, you know, can I bunk in with you? And then he was like, okay, just come. Right? So I spent a month there and I live in Talaplu, essentially, right? So thank you to that friend that, <laughs> you know, handled uh, me and uh, my snoring and all that jazz. So, <laughs> but yes, um, when I did that, I had a total different experience of Bangkok. 
totally different from all the like three-day turnaround, go and shopping, shopping, massage, massage, pray, pray, come back. Right? So I lived there. I was experiencing the life of the locals and I met uh, my friends, uh, my local friends in places that they will go, you know, on a weekend with their friends kind of thing and not like in town town, in, in a Sayam, you know, or like not, not like in, in the city center. Right? So that was a very interesting experience and I have recreated this in many other places, right? So I lived for a long period of time in, in Vietnam. I spent a lot of time there. Um, I did it in China, back and forth. And maybe I will try Japan uh, again, just, just for it. Uh, because when I was in Japan, that was very expensive, right? or everybody made it sound like it's very expensive. The reality is, it is very expensive if you have a whole apartment, a, a, a hotel, and you restaurant every day. Of course, it's very expensive, you know. But if you do what you do, which is slow travel, right? You recreate a part of your life while you were in this new place, which is you cook, you know, and you go to the groceries, you do your thing, which is what I, I do a lot. I spend a lot of time, very anti, okay. I spend a lot of time at the groceries, finding interesting ingredients to go back and try new things. And when I was in Japan, it was heaven, right? Because uh, all these produce were like amazing, very fresh. And in the evening, everything's on the discount. The discount is pretty crazy, like 50% discount, right? But if you're there on a travel, two weeks, three weeks, you will not be able to do that. But when you're there for a few months, my goodness, you can buy the thing, go back to your hostel and cook or go back to your Airbnb and cook. And you live a very different experience. So I may try that in a smaller part of Japan, yeah, down the road, just to kind of, experience that life and kind of see how is it like, you know, living or slow traveling in Japan. Yeah, so like I said, the experience is very different. Of course, the cost is very different also. Um, and, and it's not difficult for you to tell, you know, once you are traveling for a few months, your air airfare doesn't really matter anymore. You know, it's really about lodging and, you know, when you lodge, you do long lodging, it's, it's also a lot cheaper. Uh, so all that I'm not going to touch, but I'm going to just, based on all these thoughts that I've kind of planted into your head, I'm going to share with you three places that I feel uh, you can really explore. For Singaporeans, millennials, very affordable, very easy to go to. And the first place is, drum roll, the first place is Hanoi. Hanoi tops the list in uh, this part of the world, especially now, okay? So if you're listening, I think this will go out in December. Uh, I'm recording near November. So this will this episode will go out in December and Hanoi has the best time now because it is 18 degrees now, right? So it is like Genting, you go there, it's very cooling. A cute story, right? So why did I end up in Hanoi in the first place? Like, let me just give you a cute story. So I was traveling in China. I was in Xi'an. Uh, I was in Xi'an visiting a friend, spending some time together. And then Xi'an was getting a little bit too cold because it was like winter time. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot handle this. It's, it's too cold. And I was definitely underprepared. It was my first time living in such brutal winter. right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. right? So I, I bought a very cheap ticket. I was thinking like, okay, you know, let me um, go out of China. How about let's try Vietnam? Right, so you know, I'm like, oh yeah, Southeast Asia very hot, ah, okay lah, not so cold. <laughs> so I I bought a ticket to Yunnan. I flew to Kunming in Yunnan, and Yunnan is bordering, you know, Vietnam. And so then I took a train all the way to the border of Vietnam, and that was midnight already. So I stayed there for one night at the border town, and then the next morning I went to this place called Sapa. On the way to Sapa, it was getting colder and colder because I was moving up the mountains. I was like, I didn't sign up for this. 
That wasn't what I was, I was looking for. I was looking for warmth, not up a Genting mountain. <laughs> so that's a cute story that uh, got me to Vietnam in the first place. So I, I really went to, my first time to Vietnam was to Hanoi, Halong Bay, Sapa, out of a randomness to avoid the cold in China, right? But, but <laughs> I ended up in the mountains in Sapa. Uh, but of course, after that, I went to Halong Bay, I went to Hanoi, and I spent time over in that part of the world. It was not warm by any chance, you know, but it's definitely warmer than cold. Right, so I, 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 would, I would say for all of you, uh, I'm a little bit crazy. You know, I don't, I don't really do a lot of research. You know, I, <laughs> so I just went. But why Hanoi, right? Why I would recommend you Hanoi? A few things, right? Number one for all of you millennials, right? Hanoi is a very young city, right? It's very young. Okay, not young in a, not young in the sense that the place is like new. Okay, Hanoi is a crazy place. You know, there's a lot of political history there and all the war history and the uh, local tourism people are not shy to milk that history. Huh? But all that aside, the place is young. There are a lot of people there, a lot of uh, vibrant individuals and Vietnam in general is experiencing a double-digit growth situation, right? So every year they're growing in the mid-teens and hey, think about it, right? That means the country is moving super fast. There's a lot of exciting things and a lot of the young people are making money and they're opening up all these interesting little you know, things here and there to, to capture you. And so it's a very vibrant place. But at the same time, because it is the political capital of Vietnam, there's a lot of heaviness in the political history, the kind of war history, you know, the, the infrastructure, the old part of Hanoi, the lake. Right? So there's a lot of those things that are kind of like intermixed, which is very exciting. And I think for a lot of, uh, a lot of us, it, it will be a great experience, right? So all the kind of capitalization of Bangkok and, and Thailand has drove out the kind of cultural aspects of the Thai culture, you know, at least more to the fringe and less the core of that kind of travel. But Vietnam is in that situation, for all you millennials listening, right, it's in that situation where about 10, 15 years ago, where Bangkok was, right, where you have that one of one or two, very, like one or two streets of nice malls, but if you do a turn, there's a lot of hipster places, a lot of nice places to hang out and a lot of interesting small little food stores and all that, right? So Vietnam is in that situation where it's, it's very interesting, very vibrant and I would recommend Hanoi on two reasons. One is now it is cooling, so it's very nice and on the weekends at Hanoi, around the Hanoi Lake, right? So in the old part of Hanoi, there's this lake and around the lake, there's, there's this like, kind of like a carnival kind of thing or festival kind of thing every weekend, right? So the, the streets will be kind of, will be blocked off. Be a lot of performances, a lot of street stores and people just have fun around the lake. So it's, it's amazing. You should go, you know, while I was there for the few weeks, I was going again and again and again. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. And also um, Hanoi is near Halong Bay, which is one of the, world's most important features and I think they call them the wonders of the world, right? So I think you should check it out. Halong Bay is amazing. Uh, Sapa, mm, I'm on the edge of it because it's a little bit too much renovation going on and it's a little bit dusty because, you know, capital is moving in and they're building, building, building. So I'm not sure exactly now, but that was my experience. So with that vibrancy and that kind of energy in the city and the kind of festivity and the coolingness, I think one more thing that you need to know is this thing called a visa run. A visa run is a situation where your free visa visit is maxed out 
and you want to cross the border to the other side for a while and then you come back and, <laughs> and you got another extra visa-free stay, right? So, super common among slow travelers, super common amongst uh, remote workers, right? Where we want to kind of milk the system and play with it, right? So, I think Singapore is extremely strict about it with Malaysians coming in after a while and going back in and out, right? They, the Singapore customer will check. It's like, why you come in and out so often? Are you like working here? Uh, which is fair, I kind of get it. But in many other parts of the world, it's not like that, right? They, they really just go by this border situation and you go and you bounce back out, one week out, you can come back and another month, right? So I think that's where Hanoi is amazing because it essentially borders, you know, um, China, it borders Laos, it borders, you know, the, the whole area is extremely accessible, right? So there's Laos, Myanmar, even parts of Thailand, right? So in this part of the Mekong area, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of borders that you can cross to extend your stay. <laughs> and everywhere you go, it's very cultural. So I, I would say for a lot, of, uh, a lot of us thinking of doing that whole slow travel thing where you kind of recreate a part of your life and you can work on the go and just kind of have some fun. Hanoi is the place that I would strongly recommend. Yes, as you can tell. So uh, shout out to the Hanoi Tourism Board. If you want to sponsor the podcast, uh, very happy to, to be your ambassador. <laughs> okay, enough, enough, enough of Vietnam, right? So the next place that I will recommend you to go is Penang. Okay, and I know you know that I lived in Subang for a long period of time. Why I'm not recommending you Subang? Why I'm recommending you Penang? I will share with you a little bit more after a word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so Penang is an easy place. Uh, in, in a sense, uh, for Singaporeans, when you go to Malaysia, it's easy for you, right? Reg regardless of which race you come from, the culture is pretty much the same, okay? Honestly, um, the food is very similar. The uh, Yeah, I say very similar because I don't want to get cancelled and attacked. Right? <laughs> the people are pretty similar. The culture is pretty similar. Um, if you speak English, most people can understand you. You can speak Mandarin, a little bit Bahasa. You, you will be able to work through uh, more or less. It, you know, it's, it's not that difficult. So spending a longer time there is great and it's, it's very easy in that sense. Also, uh, following the idea of a visa run, Penang is a border, right? So it's, Penang is near uh, the Thai border, okay? Relatively near, lah, huh? I, I would say, because you can essentially take a bus to the border, you know, of Kedah and from Kedah, you can cross to the south of Thailand, which is Hap Chai and then, you know, you, you spend like a few days there, do your Hap Chai things and then you come back, right? So that is the, the life of the Kedah people in Malaysia. They do that a lot, right? So it's like Singaporeans going to Johor, right? The Kedah people, they go to Hap Chai and then they come back, right? So a lot of people do that and uh, the border crossing is very established, very easy. Uh, you can just do it if you want to, right? Also, that's the train that will lead you all the way up north, uh, which can, can bring you to Phuket, Krabi, and all those places if you would love to. Uh, the train is very convenient, okay? I, I, the, the train is not convenient to a point that it can get you to Bangkok, not yet. There's a split in the middle, but hey, you want to go Krabi, you want to go Phuket, right? Yeah, from Penang, you can go very easily if you want to. Okay, so why Penang other than the visa run? 
One thing about Malaysia, and I think all of you need to know, is that Malaysia is super pedestrian unfriendly. Super. Okay, if you haven't realized, if with your Johor travels, you know, or your short trips to wherever you go to, Malaysia is very, very built for motorists. Okay, it's it's super pedestrian unfriendly. You know, so it's it's very like there's that one street, then you hang out in that one street. Right, right. So so you kind of do that, that oh, that one street thing, the tour, touristy area. So that's when the, the the pedestrian walkway is easier to work with. But honestly, uh, in many other parts, it's not as simple, right? Even in Subang, when I was staying there, it's it's okay. I would say a pedestrian relatively better than other parts of KL. Uh, but it's, it's still super pedestrian, unfriendly, okay? So all you Malaysian listeners, you can agree with me. You know, okay? All you people, you don't even eat at the place unless you can park outside it, right? So <laughs> all my Malaysian friends do that. Oh, no parking. Uh, let's change the location. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> so so that's, so that's that, right? But Penang is one of those places, right? It's all, uh, specifically on Penang Island, uh, specifically on Penang Island, it's one of those places where it is more pedestrian friendly, a lot more pedestrian friendly. Uh, the walkways are fixed better. You know, it's you can you can you can really have more walk walking time. You can move around different places in an easier fashion. The public transport is very much you know it's it's a lot more developed, right? So, uh, the rapid Penang is is pretty much you know a lot more developed than other parts of of Malaysia. So I would say that is a great place for Singaporeans, especially if you're not driving, right? Singaporeans are so used to just taking the public transport. So Penang Island is one of those places that has that. Of course, uh, Penang is also extremely vibrant in terms of uh, the kind of local entrepreneurial culture. Some of the biggest tech startups in Malaysia are coming out of Penang, right? So I think there's a very big drone startup that came out of Penang. Um, the rest I cannot really remember, but there's a lot of vibrancy and a lot of things happening there, right? So of course... Penang is a culturally super rich place for all of you that, that don't know, right? So Penang, Malacca and Singapore are three of the biggest places that the Chinese merchants rallied around. They get a lot of money to send back to China to fight the war. And uh, if you didn't know, Penang used to be part of Kedah, right? So Penang used to be part of under the Kedah Sultan. And when the British came, uh, yeah, essentially the British bullied the Kedah Sultan. And then, and then you know, long, long story short, it got <laughs> Penang became a British colony, and then after that the Chinese revolted and they kind of gathered over there. So it's a very it's a very big Chinese community there in Penang. Alright, so if you think about it, the Malay Sultan and then the British colony and then the Chinese merchant community, it creates a very vibrant you know cultural uniqueness because it crossed many hands and there's a lot of things going on right so i think that's penang i would strongly recommend you know all you singaporeans trying to spend more time and do slow travel over there of course penang is also very similar to singapore so you have all the things that you need lah public transport lah clean streets are super clean. Uh, okay, my friends in Penang are very afraid of anyhow parking, anyhow throw litter because apparently uh, the police there is very active. Right? So, so, so they, they have a lot of those things um, very familiar to, to what Singapore can be. Uh, or, yeah, and, and I, I do think it's a great place to, to do your slow travel and do your thing. Which brings me to the third place that I will strongly recommend you to explore for your slow travels and your remote working arrangement and that is Bandung. A lot of people will talk about Bali, okay? So I don't want to talk about what a lot of people talk about already. Huh? I've never been to Bali yet, you know, and I will try it. One day I will let you know. There's a there's very established kind of digital nomad, remote working kind of arrangement there. Bandung is an interesting place. Right? So Bandung is near Jakarta. 
So you can see as a backyard of Jakarta, right? Where people just kind of, all your rich Jakarta people on the weekends, they hate the, they hate the traffic's there, right? So they all go to Bandung. So there's a very vibrant uh, restaurant, you know, makan culture, shopping culture over there. But it is like kind of doing some tea plantation also, and a lot of timber factory over there. So, so they, they have that kind of pseudo green environment where because of the needs of the Jakartarians, uh, there's a lot of shopping and restaurants going on in, in, in that part. But at the same time, because it is not like a city, it's more suburby, um, the main business over there is still a lot of agricultural plantation, you know, primary sectors. So it creates this very interesting mix, you know, where you can get your city stuff, right? Because all the city people come here on the weekends. And also you can get the suburby vibes, the more agricultural vibes and do your whole eco travel and whatever you, right? So I would say I decided to slot in Bandung because I, as you can tell, I'm trying to stick within the Southeast Asian region to, for today's episode. Because why? Because when you're doing your slow travels, right? Honestly, for a lot of people that have not traveled for a few months before, you may find it very tiring. It's not as fun, not as exciting. Um, the uncertainty may rile you up. It, it may be a little bit uncomfortable. And you have to find that pace, you know. So I would say for all of you that are, you know, young and new on this thing, you should travel within the region. All the Amors that you see in uh, the Southeast Asian region have already done that same thing in Europe. The Germans have already done France, Italy, Spain, all the places there before they decide that, okay, I will go further out, right? So I would say for a lot of Singaporeans, you should do the regional travel also, right? So Bandung is a place that, Direct flight, easy to move around, vibrant culture. And I'm not exactly sure whether is there a lot of remote working kind of arrangement now because that's not what I experienced previously, all right? Uh, but there's definitely a lot of restaurant, cafe culture, right? So when you go there, right, all the cafes in Singapore, you will kill them all, right? You'll be like, ah, cafe is so boring in Singapore because in Singapore, there's a, it's a square. You go into this square, you try to recreate uh, particular vibes, right? But in, in Bandung, it's like on the terrace, up the hill, you know? So it's like, my goodness, the kind of the kind of cafe vibes is so different. Okay, Vietnam has a very strong cafe vibe. So in, in Hanoi, um, people are just drinking on the streets, you know, like, it's very... Okay, one, one interesting thing, although I'm talking about Bandung, I want to slot back into Vietnam. That's a very interesting phenomenon. You guys know that the French people like to sit by the road. They look at the road and drink their coffee, do their cafe thing, right? The Vietnamese picked up that same thing. But you know what do they look at? They look at big trucks moving down the road. I was like, who wants to sit here? <laughs> but whereas in France, it's like, you know, marble roads or like gravel roads with like, people walking around and, you know, carriages moving around. That was kind of where the culture came up. You know, the, the pavilion kind of culture. But the Vietnamese took the same thing, right? And then they, they, they put it in every part of Vietnam. <laughs> and the people are just looking at those big roads and, and very weird, uh, <laughs> dusty, <laughs> dusty, dusty situation. You don't need to do that, but it's just an interesting observation. Go and take a look. Yeah, so I think these three places are great places for you to uh, 
uh, do that whole slow travel thing, which I I want to reiterate. Okay, I I think I don't need to reiterate the three the three places lah. So it's Hanoi, Penang, and <laughs> and Bandung, right? So these are three places. But I want to reiterate some points that I've kind of dropped and sprinkled across today's episode, right? Of course, number one is when you're traveling for a longer period, it's very different from your kind of two week turnaround. You want to be able to recreate your life, right? So when you're trying to recreate your life, um, you want to go to places where you can have some semblance of where you come from, right? So cafes, restaurants, or gyms. It's very hard for you to immediately say, oh, I'm going to go rural. Right? Don't, don't think you watch the Tianxi Xiaoke, the Yunnan lady, and then you can def- definitely go rural. Right? So there is a process of learning and transiting. So I would say for a lot of people, first few times, slow travelers, you want to go to some of these places where you still get some semblance of the city and some ability to recreate uh, certain aspects of your life while you slow down and uh, get some novelty and still continue to do your work and, and, and what have you. Right? So I think that's one thing. The other part is, of course, the visa arrangement. You want to try to go to places where you can do visa runs so if you like the place you can stay a bit longer if you don't like you can go somewhere else of course um and of course the third thing i would say is uh, you want to be within the region because it gives you that easy readiness for you to fly back if if you need to um or you know just kind of be a little bit more comfort you know, you know within the region that you're familiar with rather than go too far eventually you will go further and further if that's what you want to do um, and yeah maybe you become a digital nomad but you know being a digital nomad is not all that great uh, there are a lot of things that, that are embedded within it. I will not sensationalize it. And if you really want me to share more with you on that, you know, just drop me a DM, drop me a telegram, and then we can talk a little bit more about it. Okay, with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya. Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, Personal finance can be chill, clear, sustainable for all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, okay, so I, I hope you learned something useful today. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun episode. I just wanted to share with you some places that I would strongly recommend young people to go to. Young people, I mean like millennials, Gen Z, you want to go, so can. Um, yeah, for, for anybody older, I think it's very hard for you to just leave for one, two, three months, right? There's a lot of negotiation with your partner and, and whatever you, right? So, but I would say if you are thinking of doing some slow travels because now the country's open up and you want to kind of take a break from that whole 
endless strive and all that and you know you may want to do remote work or you may just want to do slow travel I think these are some of the places that you can explore and stay within the region it is a culturally extremely interesting region uh, very very vibrant history that hasn't been expanded in the discussion of uh, the internet today okay so I hope you have some fun uh, in today's episode next week I'm going to sum up some personal finance lessons uh, through this pandemic. So I, I'm not saying the pandemic is ending, but I would say the craziest times of the pandemic is ending. A lot of countries will eventually move towards more of an endemic situation and you will kind of live like dengue, you will live like uh, many other things or the common flu. So it's going to become the new normal. And I would say that's pretty much the end of pandemic lah okay so and and i wanted to take this time to sum up you know all these different things that i've picked up over time and just kind of share with you hopefully it it's a it's a good roundup to the end of the pandemic and the end of the year so go and have some fun take care and i'll see you next week